Well, glory to God. What a blessing to be here today. Let me, first of all, uh, clean up a little matter. If you were not here last Sunday, it doesn't mean anything to you. Or if you were not watching by uh, uh, live stream, it doesn't mean anything to you. But I messed up. I know that's hard for y'all to understand. I, uh, I said in my thing, and had a gracious lady point it out to me this week, that uh, I used the name Church of Christ as works. And I left off the last three words that were in my note. I got just tangled up and firing, you know, shooting and just forgot it. It was the Church of Christ of Latter-day Saints that uh, uh, do the work. So uh, if you're Church of Christ, I, I apologize to you. Uh, we still have some differences there, but, uh, but anyway, that's not one of them. And I'm thankful, and, and I really, I honestly wish the lady hadn't pointed it out. Uh, I went back, I was driving back from Beaumont Tuesday, and I thought, well, I'll just listen to that sermon to see. I just can't believe I left that out. Anyway, I left it out. Uh, and I also found out, I said last Sunday, that if you were the only one at your work that knew the Lord, don't let that be an encouragement to you. <laughs> Bigger than Dallas. <laughs> Thank God Christian said, well, we knew what you meant. It means don't let that be a discouragement to you, all right? Don't let it be an encouragement, I tell you. <laughs> Uh, do, does anybody remember when I came here 20 years ago? If you were here 20 years ago, let, let, raise your hand. There's three or four. That, yeah, four, yeah, okay. Praise God, man. We've got a brand new church. Uh, <laughs> I told you all 20 years ago that when I got old, I was going to let it all hang out. And I wasn't going to hold nothing back. <laughs> I'm going to refrain from that just a little bit and back up a little bit. want to do something a little different this morning. We always have everything groomed and doomed and, you know, everything's in. I, I promise I'll cut down on the message. They'll come, if you would. Don't, don't you all like to hear miracles? Amen? I, I'm, I'll tell you, the more I hear them, the more I want them. Amen? Tell us about your telephone conversation this week. That, no, 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 no. My mess ain't got nothing to do with that. That is a miracle. That's a miracle. I praise God. Well, it was an interesting phone call. Um, you know how many of you will get these phone calls during the week, and usually they're about supper time. And you're sitting down to eat, and somebody calls, and they want to sell you something or tell you about and you just don't want to hear about it. And so the next thing you want to do is say, listen, give me your phone number and tell me when you eat supper, and I'll call you. Well, I got this phone call, and I typically have that attitude. And it was just one of these things the spirit kind of moved and said, you know, you need to talk to this young lady. And uh, so I shared with her, I said, listen, I will listen to you if you'll give me a moment and you listen to me. And so uh, she said, okay. I said, but I'm first. She said, all right. <clears throat> I just began to share with her about Christ and uh, ask her, you know, about her relationship with Jesus Christ, didn't have one, began to share with her what God had done with me in my life and how he had saved my soul, just, just went down that road and, and was able to um, give to her my testimony. And at the conclusion of that uh, conversation, I, 
I asked her, I said, ma'am, does this sound like something that you would be interested in? And I could hear that she was very emotional on the telephone. And she said, that's, that's something I'd like to do. And so over the telephone was able to, through the grace of God and all glory to him, through that opportunity, this lady received Christ as her Savior. So I was sharing with, uh, with the, the Creek Church this morning that and how we missed so many opportunities in our walk when God puts them in front of us. And, and I know many times uh, we don't want to do that. And I asked them, I said, our number one concern as Christians is our fear in sharing Christ. I, I told this lady at the conclusion, I said, look, I know several churches there in Houston, where she, which is where she was from, that um, I'd like for you to, talk, to, to continue to visit or, or consider visiting. And this particular one, I know the pastor very well, and I've got a good friend who, incidentally, is the drummer there. And uh, I'd like for you to go and, and meet them and visit with them. And so I'm trusting that that's happened. And uh, I'm just praying that God will continue to minister and work in that, young, in that young lady's life. But a challenge to all of us. So many opportunities that we have to, uh, to share Christ. Amen. Amen. Isn't that great? Fantastic. I tell you, man, when, when souls are one, I mean, you know, now if you're interested in a condominium in the Gulf Shores, he can show you about that too. He bought one of those while he was doing it. But anyway... <laughs> She's saved, amen, First <laughs> Thessalonians chapter 4 is where we are this morning. I know you're saying, well, wait a minute, we hadn't done three. We're going to do three tonight for the deacon ordination. I hope you'll be here tonight at 6 o'clock. A couple of special things happen. We, number one, ordaining four new deacons, and actually two of them are already deacons. We're just installing them. But also, we're licensing uh, Blake Hudson. Blake's, Blake's not in here, is he? He's out in the Bible study. Uh, we're licensing Blake Hudson to the ministry. He'll be leaving us this week and going to Pine Forest Baptist Church, which we love dearly, and uh, he'll be working with young people there. And So we'll be licensing him tonight as he goes out from this church, and that's an exciting time for a church to be sending out workers in the field uh, to increase the kingdom of God. I praise God for uh, Blake. I remember when Blake was a little bitty boy, wouldn't talk to nobody. Jack would come dragging him down the aisle, and Blake wouldn't need to hide his face. And he just a man, God's going to use him in some great ways, and we're excited about that. First Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word? Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. Father, thank you this morning. Man, how blessed we are with the songs that just honored and blessed you as King of kings and Lord of lords. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, let your Holy Spirit have freedom now, complete control. Don't hide me behind the cross. And may people not hear me. May they hear you. May the Holy Spirit be just sensitive and powerful in this service today to accomplish what you want to accomplish, not what we've set our goals for, not what we'd like to see happen. But, oh, God, we want to see you come down in glory and freshness and a newness. And, Lord, just pave the way 
for us being the church you want us to be in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, walking is a part of life. I mean, it's just a very important part. It begins very young. We see people walking, and I see people walking a lot more now uh, because gasoline, is, whether you know it or not, it's up a little bit. Uh, and uh, uh, for those who think inflation doesn't hit, I'm just telling you, it has. Uh, three years ago, we were at a hotel in, in Nashville, and I paid $89 a night for. And then last year, we had teachers in that same hotel that we paid $133 a night for, and I'll have teachers in that hotel in, Jan in June, and we're paying $198 a year for it. Same hotel, same food, same place, same everything. So there is a thing called inflation. But anyway, walking is important. Uh, I, I remember, you know, we, well, a baby kind of grows and, and they get to that point where they take their first step. Isn't that, isn't that precious? When does that usually happen? Eight months? Nine months? A year? Okay. I remember our oldest son, Jeremy. I don't know if you remember it or not, but we were standing by the water fountain in the uh, Fellowship Hall. Of course, he had had a leg amputated at birth and... Uh, it was a little longer than a year, probably a year and a half, almost two. And uh, he had his prosthesis, and I remember that first walk that he took down that fellowship hall. And I'll tell you, the glorious thing to take that first step. That first step's so important. Same thing spiritually. There's also a walk physically, but there's also a walk spiritually. And that first step of walking spiritually is to be saved, is to invite Jesus into your heart. That's the first step. But listen, a lot of folk don't want to uh, look that it goes farther than that. That's only the first step. In fact, a lot of people don't want to invite Christ into their heart because they realize or they think they realize that if they get saved, they're going to give up all the pleasures of life. They're never going to be happy again. They're not going to be any joy. They're not going to be any peace. There's not going to be any excitement or anything. That's the farthest thing from the truth. That's the farthest thing from the truth. So that first walk is so important. The moment you get saved, that's the greatest step you can ever make. As a Christian, my sins have been washed away. That's, that, 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 that's the first step. My sins have been washed away. I've got a home in heaven. I, I'm going to never have to step foot in hell because I took that first step. I heard about some preachers we're getting ready tomorrow we'll be taking a group I think I've got one more ticket left or two uh, to Dallas to a convention of evangelism conference and these preachers were at this hotel and it was a cold rainy day and this businessman had gotten up early to go eat breakfast he thought man I get down there uh, by that big old log fireplace and I'll get warmed up you know and all and and he got down there and he couldn't even get near the fire for all the preachers. They were, they were everywhere. He tried to get his way in there, and the preachers were just knocking him out. He, he couldn't get in there. And finally, he just sat down over there at the table, and in a minute, he just blurted out, I had a dream I went to hell last night. All those preachers kind of looked at him, and he, one preacher finally said, Well, what, what was it like? He said, Kind of like this morning, I couldn't get near the fire for all the preachers. 
Well, I'm glad I'm saved. Amen. I know whom I have believed. Many have made the step, but they failed to learn how to walk. When I was a youth director, I weighed probably, well, no, probably 100 pounds more than I weigh now. But no young person could outrun me in a 50-yard dash. Many of them tried. Many of them tried. Now, if we was doing 100 along about 80, they'd pass me up. But if it was a short run 50, buddy, nobody could outrun me. Nobody. But the Christian life is not a 50-yard dash. It's not a little sprint. It's a long-term life project. John said, we handled the Lord Jesus Christ. We beheld his majesty. We saw his glory. We were eyewitnesses, and now he's gone. He's ascended to heaven. He's not here in the flesh, but he's here in the spirit. I, I, I wasn't there by the Sea of Galilee. I wasn't there when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. I wasn't there when he fed the 5,000. I wasn't there when he made the lame to walk. I wasn't there when he made the dumb to speak. Or I wasn't there when he called Lazarus to come forth into new life. I wasn't there when he cleansed the leper or healed the withered. But I was there when he saved my soul. And I know that he saved my soul. But that's still the first ground. That's still the first step. 1 John 1, 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And here's the key. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all. A-L-L sin. Uh, mm, I ain't going to mention Church of Christ this morning, but if I was Pentecost, I'd be running around this building, I'll tell you that. I, I, I can walk in the light. That's what he says, that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. I can't just rest on the step of salvation. That's just the first step. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, we need to be walking with God. Now listen now, look at verse 1. We'll be right here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 the whole morning here. Uh, it says, Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as ye have received us, how ye ought to walk. Okay? We're to walk in the Lord. But now listen, that's not where it stops. And to please God. We're not just, you see, everybody here this morning walking. We're all moving forward. We're not, a car has neutral, but a human being doesn't have a neutral. you either going forward or you're going backward. You're going one of those two things. Every one of us here are walking. The question this morning is, not are we walking, but are we walking to please God? You say, well, I, I please my friends. That's wonderful. We all love to please our friends. I please my spouse. That's wonderful. I, I had a honeydew list yesterday that I tried to get done. Got some of them done. Amen. Anybody got a formula for cleaning out uh, dirt in between double-pane glasses, I'd like to know what it is. I don't know who in the world invented that stuff. But we're all walking. Some of us may be limping. Some of us may be wobbling. Some of us may be hobbling or staggering or stumbling, but we're all walking. There's a lazy walk. Some of y'all got that lazy walk. There's a fast walk. Some of you got that fast walk. When my wife and I first got married, and even on up till, well, it, 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 we didn't do it here when we got here. We rested here. 
but she would walk three miles every day. And people would say, Preacher, why are you on the bicycle and she's walking? I said, because it don't look good for a preacher to be following his wife, chasing his wife through a neighborhood. She walked three times faster than I do. Sometimes she'd outrun me on a bicycle. There's little steps, there's big steps, but the question is, are you walking to please God? Because I want to tell you something now, listen to me. Your friends, your spouse, the church members, they're not the one you're going to have to be judged by. It's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you walking to please God? You see so many people trying to line up with the world. Same thing happened in churches. I mean, you know, you've heard me say it before. I'm going to keep saying it until I die. And I hope somebody remembers it after I'm dead. Because they'll bring it up. They'll bring it up. Preach, what we need is a smoke machine. You ever thought about getting a smoke machine? No. We'll rent one when we need one for a performance. But, I mean, you know, I, I, you know the truth is, our choir is good enough. They don't need a smoke machine. Amen. Amen. Ha, I guarantee you. People wanting to be trendy. Had a guy here a couple of weeks ago. We were in the chapel, and he said, well, you know what would be nice? Paint all uh, this, this ceiling black. I said, get out of here before I whip you right now. <laughs> I said, look in the Word of God. Black is the devil's color there in the, in the color part of the Bible there. We ain't painting nothing black. We ain't turning the lights out. We ain't doing smoke. All those are trends. All those are fads. And much of it is to impress people. And if we're not careful, I, I, I'm talking about me. I know y'all are more spiritual than this. But if I was up here in a spotlight, I'd begin to think I was somebody. And I know I'm not. Paul is telling us that if we're going to walk with God, we ought to do this, we ought to do this, do this. Look, look at verse 4, that everyone, look at verse 6, that no man, he's telling us what to do. Look there at verse 11, that ye study. Uh, look at verse 12, that ye may walk. And then look down at verse uh, 15, this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we uh, he's telling us what we need to do if we're going to walk with God. He's challenging us this morning to please God. Not worry about pleasing our neighbors, not worry about pleasing our friends, not worry about our wife. All those will fall into place. But the first thing is to please Almighty God. Now, how are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? Because I honestly, there, you, this is an intelligent church, very smart. And uh, many of you know how to walk in the world and how the world operates. And I want to tell you, when you come to the house of God, it's not like that. We're not of this world. You can't run God's business like the world. You say, when I preach it, we got to have that, 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 that. No, we ain't got to have nothing. It's called walking by faith. In fact, I believe there's a scripture there that says, if we're not walking by faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. So it's a whole different ballgame. We're not of this world. So how do we live to please God? Well, verse 3, number 1 says, This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. 
Now, in other words, what he's saying here is we need to walk in holiness. We don't hear a whole lot about holiness anymore. We don't hear it. No, just go on your life. Come, come have a hoopla service with us, and then you, you're on your own all week long. No, 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 no. There's a thing called holiness. You say, well, I'm a good Christian. Well, how's your walk with God? Well, preacher, I, I love the Lord. Well, how's your walk with God? Hey, those words are easy to say. I'm spiritual. Well, how's your walk with God? God's using me. Well, how's your walk with God? Is it pretty good? It, well, I come to church. I dress nice. I don't bother nobody else. That doesn't determine your walk with God. Your walk with God is determined by your amount of sanctification. That's what he says. This is the will of God, even your sanctification. People want to know the will of God? Here it is. It's that you and I be sanctified, that we become more like Jesus every day of our life so that when he does come, we'll be ready to meet him. Well, abstain from it. Mm. It'd be all right if that word abstain wasn't there. Now, we know abstain means don't do it. That means don't do it. But it also means, if you look it up, stay away from it. Stay away from it. Well, I'm, I'm not doing anything, preacher. No, but you're so close in proximity to it that it could happen any day. Preacher, I love my wife. I've never committed adultery on my wife. No, but you live so close to it. Your pornography on the computer and by the toilet and by the nightstand and all. You, you may not be committing it, but you're really close to it. You see, he says, you walk a walk that will please God. Not just in what I do, but in also what I think. The King of kings and Lord of lords is walking in a way. He wants our thoughts. He wants our actions. He wants our speech to show other people that we're sold out to Jesus Christ. Remember, we do the works not to be saved. We do the works because we have been saved. Then he said, secondly, uh, we need to control our passion. Look at verse 4. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. What does all that mean? That just means that you need to learn how to control yourself. If I had a nickel... Every time a guy told me he wanted to get a divorce because he felt like he had a right to, to be happy, I'd be rich. You don't have a right. You're dead, remember? Now, I'm just talking to Christians. If you're not saved, you go and do whatever you want to do. But if you're saved, you're bought with a price. You're not your own. You belong to God Almighty. Get your mind straight. Uh, be careful what you watch. Are, are you like an animal? Is that the, that's what somebody could sum you up as? He said you control your passion is what he's saying here. Uh, and, and one of the ways that we do that with our young people and with our children, I know many of them are in the earlier service, but listen to me. We do that by not providing toys of the world that will lead them into the world. Some children can't handle a TV in their room. Some children can't handle a computer. Well, bless God, some adults can't handle a TV in their room. 
Hmm? It goes for all of us. Wives, singles, married. Control your passion. Walk in holiness. And then the third thing here that's here in verse 6 that's so evident is we need to walk in harmony. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner uh, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified. Don't you think that those of us who are born-again Christians ought to be able to walk alongside other born-again Christians? <laughs> I mean, good grief. Do you ever rob another Christian? No, I just rob lost people. I don't rob Christians. <laughs> do you, do you, ever, you ever rob anybody of their joy? They came and they were so excited to tell you something, but you just kind of like throwed cold water on them. You kind of robbed them of the joy, the excitement. Maybe you robbed them of the encouragement that you needed to give them, that somebody wanted to do right, but instead of you saying, hey, I, I pre, I, I'm thankful for what you've done. You've come a long way. Instead, you just want to just say, well, you ain't there yet. We ought to walk along with others in harmony. And then verse 8 says that we ought to do it compassionately. He, therefore, that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. Listen, is, is there any Christian that this morning you just can't stand? I love God, but I tell you, there's one person in that church I can't stand. I talked not long ago to somebody that said, I joined your church, but so-and-so's a member there. And I said, well, I'd rather have so-and-so than you. <laughs> I, that's kind of dumb. I mean, you, you got so much bitterness and hatred that you wouldn't go where God was moving because somebody's there I don't like. I just can't stand them. And it's not that you just can't stand them. Is you got to grit your teeth. I can't stand them. <laughs> loving consciously, loving compassionately. Uh, verse 9 As touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Romans 5, 5 says, Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. That love is a, is a, is a fruit of the Spirit out of Galatians 5, 22. God is the one that's given us that love. We can love because he first loved us. Now let's get on down to where it gets really sticky. John 13 says, A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. As I have loved you, love ye also one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. That's pretty straight. You go on down to John 15. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. These things I command you that you love one another. And 1 John 3, 14, we know we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Mm. All I'm doing is reading out of the Word of God. We, we believe this is a Bible, amen? 
We believe it's inerrant. We believe it's uh, uh, God-breathed. It's, it, it's inspirational. We judge people by what they wear, by what position they have in the church. Oh, he's a big shot, you know. Uh, I have preachers all the time. It aggravates me. I wish one of them would listen to this. <laughs> They're too good to listen to any other weak preacher. But anyway, they're always calling me the big dog. We get to run with the big dog. You're in the big church. We started out with 17. We know what it's like to be in a little church. We know exactly what it's like. And there's no difference in being a big dog and a little dog. The ground's level at the cross. It's level. You see, we judge people by what they look like and how the, the positions are. But God says, I'm going to tell you how I judge people. I judge by how they love. That's what he said. I judge them by how they love one another. <laughs> Let me hurry. Look at verse 11. Please don't leave yet. They'll have tar and feathers out at the door on your way out. Look at verse 11 and that you study to be quiet. Husband, look over at your wife and say, baby, you study to be quiet. <laughs> huh? <laughs> some of you ain't got enough guts to do that. <laughs> Maybe some of you husband, uh, wives need to look at your husband and say, honey, you study to be quiet. Now, now listen. And to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Hmm. Study to be quiet. Now, I wrote down three things that I think in East Texas vernacular we can get a hold of. Number one, when he says study to be quiet, he's saying not mouthing off your own boasting. Hmm? Uh, let another man praise you is what the Bible says. I know you got a horn, but let somebody else toot it every once in a while. Stop announcing all your accomplishments. The bootleg aversion of that is what you've done and what God's done for you. You've done this, so God did this and all this and all this. I was sharing with him this morning, and that's what Dale was talking about. I'm not talking about what, what happened to him. That, that needs to be shared. That had nothing to do with him. That was God. That's a miracle we need to hear. But I, I, God did a miracle in my life a few weeks ago when he took away this mass, it's gone. And, you know, I, I, I was excited about it. Becky even got excited about it. I thought she's fixing to shout for a minute. <laughs> Blew over. But God showed me that I don't need to be shouting about that so much because there are others of you here that haven't gotten that miracle. And we're a family of God. I visited Dot Keys yesterday. She's got cancer. She's not going to make it. We've got a good friend. Not going to make it, even this week. I, I'm not, and, and, I, and, I, and I was saying, Lord, I, I, I ain't never took no glory. I'll, I, you know, anything I said, Lord, you're the one gets the glory. And that's good to make it be known. But when you hear me talking about the same miracle for 10 years, come on, man. 
if God ain't done nothing for you in the last 10 years, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Don't live for vain glory. I, I praise God. Man, we've got some guys. <laughs> I see a family up there that is here two or three times a week between here and Mason Creek. Y'all don't know anything about that. I, I see coaches that get off of practice as soon as they can get off and head over here to get on a bus. They park down there in the back 40 and nobody sees them. Nobody's patted them on the back. Nobody's recognized them. They're just serving the Lord. Amen. Praise God for people like that. Stop mouthing off about your own boasting. The second thing, da -da -da -da. stop meddling in other people's business. He said, study to be quiet. <laughs> I'm just reading it. I'm having more fun with this than I ought to have. Study to be quiet. Just because you have an opinion don't mean you have to share it. There's a fine line between a friend that's offering you godly advice and another friend who just wants to be nosy. It's a, isn't it amazing? I'm just talking about me now. Y'all wouldn't do this. But it's amazing how God has given me such a wisdom to help you solve any problem you've got. I just can't solve my own. Isn't that amazing? I mean, when somebody comes and says, I got a problem, I'll tell you what I do. That'd be the last time that kid talked to me that way. Ha ha ha. Uh, back years ago, I got to hurry, but I've got time to do this. <laughs> years ago, I had a guy that worried me to death. I mean, worried me to death about how I was raising my sons. And he would thump me on the chest. You ought to be doing this, preacher. You're not doing this. You ought to be doing this. I'm talking week after week after week. And one Easter Sunday, his son came to visit and so Monday night visitation Becky and I were out visiting we made a visit and I said there's one more visit now you promised just one visit and we'd go out to eat I said yeah I know you don't have to get out you don't have to get out here it's just me just me and I went over to that man's house I can't remember if you got out or not but <laughs> but anyway He's sitting in a swing in the backyard with no shirt on. And uh, I walked over to him, and I thumped him on the chest. And I said, don't you ever tell me how to raise my kids again. We just came from your son's house with his hair down to his back end, drinking hard liquor, not just beer, hard liquor, cussing like a sailor. And you got the nerve to tell me how to raise my two boys? Mm-mm. Stop meddling. And then the third thing, stop mooching. Stop mooching on other people's blessings. Do your own works, what he's saying. Do it with your own hands. As we commanded you, 
You see, these people were convinced that Jesus was coming again. And they were so convinced he was coming again that they quit their jobs. Remember several years ago up in Arkansas, they quit everything, put on white robes, got up on a roof, they're going to get closer to God. It's only 30 foot to the top of the roof. <laughs> we're going to get closer to God. These people had done quit everything, and then the Lord didn't come. And now they're mooching off everybody else. You know what the Word of God says? If, you, if you're hungry, go to work. Mm. Maybe you're hungry because you're not working. I'm not talking about people that don't leave here and say, well, the preacher said, no, I, there are people who cannot work. I understand that totally. But there are a lot of folk today who can work. They've just chosen not to. I used to tell my daddy all the time. I bet I told him this a hundred times. We lived in Corrigan, Polk County, where this little girl was found in the Trinity River by that bridge at Highway 59. I fished there many, many times. Many times. We didn't have anything in Corrigan. You had to go to the county seat. Livingston was the county seat. And I'll never forget time after time. We'd circle that courthouse square. I said, Daddy, there's a parking place. He'd just circle. Daddy, there's a parking place. He'd just circle. In a minute, he'd pull in. And finally, I said, Daddy, why do you pass up two or three parking spaces? He said, that, those parking meters didn't have no time on the meter. <laughs> exactly what he said. When I got older and got into ministry, I said, you know what we call that, Daddy? We call it parking on somebody else's dime. <laughs> hey, if the Lord came this morning and looked at your checkbook, would you be parking on somebody else's dime? Wow. How's your walk with God? There's the last thing, and I'm not going to preach it. I'm just going to say it. We can walk in hope. The last part of 1 Thessalonians 4 has got to be a sermon by itself, the coming of the Lord. But we can walk in hope. We have hope, not as those who have no hope. I, I know there's, I don't know, I don't want to be gross or anything, but I know there's one song that I want at my funeral by a quartet, whatever Aaron comes up with. It's by the Kingsman. I don't know if you've ever heard it or not. But it says, I just stopped by on my way home. The words say, you can call me in the morning if I fail to answer my phone. I may be getting ready or may already be gone because I just stopped by on my way home. Weary days, got to move on, just stopped by my heavenly home. I didn't come here to stay. There's no more suffering, no more pain, no more fighting, no more all alone. When my name has been called, when this old tabernacle done shut down, it won't be no more nights, no more aches, and no more pains because I just stopped by on my way home. Let me tell you, I don't care how old you live, you're just stopping by on your way home. And what you do now determines where your home is going to be for eternity. That's why it's important if you're here today and you've never met Jesus and you're saying, I don't understand what you're talking about. Listen, we've got trained counselors that will help you understand. 
and that you can understand and leave this place knowing that I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep me against that day. Hallelujah. That day's coming. Maybe you're here this morning and you need a church home. <laughs> There's not a better one anywhere around. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you right now, you know, it may change this week. I don't know. But I know right now there's not more loving people, more accepting people. And we're not going to compromise the Word of God. We can't do it. Because the blessings we've had come from God. And I, I, don't, I don't envy the next generation. I don't envy when I'm gone and someone else is in this pulpit because we're seeing more and more families get upset if if we say homosexuality is wrong it's wrong it's an abomination it's against the word of god i can't say anything else i just stopped by on my way home lord thank you thank you for your holy spirit in this place today there are those here lord today Oh, they need you. Oh, they need you. And I pray, Lord Jesus, you'd save their soul before they leave this building today. There are others that need a church home. Lord, they need us, and we need them. In these last days, we need Christians to be walking in unity and harmony together to show the world that there is a Savior and that there is a Redeemer who died on Calvary for our sins. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you